0: Good
1: morning and welcome to the Automotive Hour. I'm your host, Lewis Altazan with Mr. Brian Terry. Hey, between two of us, we'll try to answer any automotive questions you might have. Why don't you go and give us a call It's 499-9526. Of course, every one of our lines are wide open. You stick a 225 in Florida. You call from anywhere in the continental United States.
2: That is correct, and we will send you a free T-shirt for the farthest caller today.
1: That is absolutely correct. You just give us a call from as far out as you may be. <laughs> <laughs> of course, Port Allen may be far enough. Yeah, hey, it may be. just who else calls. That's it. <laughs> Yeah, give us a call. We're glad to try to put you up the top of the list, get you some automotive advice. And if you're calling from the furthest distance, you just get a producer of the area that you're calling from, and we'll USPS a Agco t-shirt, much coveted Agco t-shirt, there should I add.
2: First thing Monday
1: morning. That's right. Get that right out to you. That's right. And within a day or so, you will have it. And also, be sure, if you do win the shirt, to give them the size preference. Sure. Because I don't want to give you an extra large if you wear
2: <laughs> a small or small or vice, <laughs> vice versa. versa. <laughs> yeah, it would
1: be worse vice versa, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would. I tell you all, our phone lines are lit up already. We're going to line with Michael. Good morning, Michael. Good morning, fellas. Yes, sir. Good morning.
3: I got a 96 Chevy Silverado pickup okay. truck, where, and recently all my running lights, my gauge illumination lights, my interior lights all quit working. My brake lights also quit working, but now they're working. Uh, for some reason, they came back on. Okay. And I'm wondering if, considering the... Brake light being tied into this thing, if that could all be caused by the uh, light switch, the headlight switch.
1: Let me ask you, Michael, what else is not working? There's probably going to be something else that's either not working or not working properly. The interior lights I can make come on with the Override. rotary switch. Yes, sir. It shifts at normal speed and all that kind of stuff?
3: Yes, sir. It seems to do that. And the instruments
1: right. are all working?
3: The instruments are all working, correct. The turn signals all work properly. You know, yep. I of Took a battery cable, made a good ground from the battery to the frame. That didn't do any good. Yes. All,
1: the- all of them went out at the same time, Michael?
3: Yes. I was just coming home the other night and noticed my illumination of my uh, instruments wasn't working. Then I got home and saw my brake lights wasn't working. Now,
1: let me ask you this, and, and this is a stupid question, but just to make sure, the little rotary switch where you turn the intensity of the dash lights up and down, somebody didn't turn that all the way down, did they? Turned Check it up that and
3: down, both it didn't make any difference no sir didn't change the illumination of the gauges they're not illuminated
1: i think that that may be your problem that little rotary potentiometer may have gone out in the headlight switch because that's the only thing i could think of that would handle pretty much all of the lights right that's about the only thing i can think of where they all go through at one common spot
3: right well that's i was kind of going for the headlight switch but the the brake lights kind
1: of yeah and see that may be a separate issue i'm gonna tell you that truck has had a whole 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 lot of problems with brake light switches yeah and they could be intermittent they can work and then not work and that kind of stuff so that could be a separate issue particularly if they started working again and dash lights still aren't working
3: right so i wasn't too far off to go ahead and change my headlight
1: switch well and what you might want to do if you're fairly handy michael because that switch is pretty pricey i don't think it's real cheap you might just pull it out and take a voltmeter. Make sure you got voltage going in and you got no voltage coming out and that will tell you for sure it's bad.
2: Okay. You can actually get across that potentiometer mm-hmm. and as you turn it you can watch the voltage, the voltage increase up, or right. decrease depending yeah, on which way you're heading.
1: It'll up. go from 0 up to 12 volts or 12 and a half volts whatever it is. It was pretty easy to test and that switch is fairly easy to change. Fairly easy to get oh, to. It's
3: pretty easy, yeah. yeah. And it
1: is probably a 150 dollars switch or more it's not a cheap part to just throw in there i would definitely test that first because if you don't have power going to it it's possible something like the wire on the back of the fuse box can burn off we've seen that happen right But yeah. even though the fuse is good the wire will burn off on the back side of the fuse box or something silly like that i would just check and make sure there's not something else going on but yeah if you got power in you got no power coming out that be then I'd feel pretty comfortable. You could even jumper across it pretty easily. Just test it. Just take your little jumper wire and go across it. They come on. Well, then, you know, you that's go. it.
3: All right. Well, I'll give that a
4: try.
1: All right, man. Thank you, for Thanks, the Michael. Yes, sir. Bye-bye. All nine nine five two six Number if you want to be part of the Automotive Hour, we'd love to have you. And we got Herb online. Come on the line. Good morning, Herb.
3: Hey, my son's sister in law got a Chevy Equinox. He's from um, Atlanta. Uh-huh. It's a 2011 Chevy Equinox. It just rolled over about 9,000. She'd been taking it in for several times. They'd worked on the cam, tensioner her, mm-hmm. and this, that, and the other. And if you crank it up in the morning, it knocks real bad. Mm. You know, if it drive it 30 seconds a minute, it's quit yeah. knocking. Yeah, And then now they're telling her to put 20W50. No, no, no,
1: indeed
5: no, no,
3: not.
1: No, no. it's going to finish it off is all that's going to do. I got to tell you, Herb, that little vehicle is probably one of my least favorite vehicles GM's ever built. We have seen an inordinate amount of problems with them. Uh-huh. But she needs to put five W30 in it. It would not hurt to go to a synthetic oil, but the key factor there is that needs to have that oil changed every 3,000 miles religiously. If she is listening to that crud that the dealer puts out about going seven, eight, nine, ten, whatever, 1,000 miles, I'm going to tell you, she ain't go very far. She might make it out of warranty with that engine, but that's about it that's got the variable cam timing on it and there is a solenoid up in the top that is extremely sensitive to any kind of debris getting into it mm-hmm. so much so that when Chevrolet designed that engine they wanted to put a second oil filter just on that one piece and of course the bean counters voted down because it had cost to the project so they left it off mm-hmm. but we get them in all the times little screen in there that little screen plugs up especially if you go long on your oil changes so I'm not sure the damage hadn't already been done of his knocking, but I would certainly go to 5W30 because thicker oil is just going to make it worse. Okay. And start changing that oil religiously if she's not doing it now and see if you can get it cleaned up some.
3: Okay, okay. I told her to shut the doors and put her foot on the floor until it, it, no, it's it got won't a rev limiter on it oh, <laughs> can't even okay. do that
1: anymore yeah <laughs> you can leave the keys in and bring it to a bad area of town and just walk away you're like on bait car or something <laughs> yeah. more, get old it insured first you know <laughs> yeah, that should be
3: i think they used to do that to them <laughs> yeah but nobody steal them yeah <laughs> <laughs> i mean put the foot on the floor till they blowed up
1: oh yeah 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 got a rev limiter on that and all it will do is duh 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 yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Okie (laughs) dokie. All righty, man. Thanks, sir. Good luck, Herb. Bye. bye -bye. All right, 499-9526. Number if you want to be part of the automotive. I and we're going to Elizabeth. Good morning, Elizabeth.
4: Hey. Well, I was just calling to tell you I love you, Chef. Well, thank you. thank you. Uh, Your granddaughter wanted to
1: talk to you. Go right ahead. Hey, Papa. Hey, baby. How you doing? Good. Yeah, I don't believe that. I don't believe good. Give me a phone. (laughs) I believe not too bad, maybe. (laughs) <laughs> Wait, we
4: was just calling to talk. say hello.
1: Okay, baby.
4: Well, we love you.
1: All right, love you too. Kiss, baby, for me. Bye, bye. <laughs> of course, that's, that's the grand- daughter two and grandkid number four. four. So. <laughs> there you go. Let's go back to the final lines. We got hose on line. Good morning, hose.
0: Hey, how are you? Great, man? man. Listen, I got a 2001 Chevy pickup. Okay. Uh, with the uh, 4.3 uh, engine, uh-huh. and uh, after I had it about four or five years. Mm-hmm. The fuel gauge starts going erratic. Yes,
1: sir. Mm -hmm.
0: Pretty common. uh, I had a 90 Chevy pickup truck. Same thing happened. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. Prevalent on these vehicles.
1: Yes, sir. Pretty common problem. And what makes that problem a whole, whole lot worse, and don't use any names on the air because we'll get thrown out of here for that, but if you're buying a non-name brand fuel... If you're buying your gas at a department store or some of these discount places, that's going to make the situation a whole, whole, whole lot worse because those fuels seem to have more sulfur in them. What GM does, like most American manufacturers, they do not use lead to solder those cinder units together. They use silver solder because in the United States, you can't have a man work around lead. What happens, silver is very active metal, and the sulfur in that fuel will eat it up. So if you use any kind of a low-grade fuel, you can have nothing but trouble with that. It's not so much a problem on the JAP cars because they actually use lead on theirs. But that's what generally goes on. The little center unit in the tank, it eats up the windings in it, and then they go out. Pretty common issue.
0: The only solution to that is to take the tank down. Drop the tank, the
1: replace it, and go to a better grade of gas.
0: Which is easier to do, drop the tank or take the bed off? Six
1: one, half dozen the other. Just depends. depends on how you're equipped. Yeah. It, it For depends. us, it's a lot easier to drop the tank because we got a lift and a rack and a machine and a, that holds that tank in place and all that. For a do it yourself, or if you can wrestle about three or four of your big friends over there, you can pick that bed up pretty easy.
0: I've done that before. I've had mm-hmm. the bed and it's not really that difficult. You get your uh, case of beer. You Yeah. <laughs> yeah case of right. beer and four big friends. Right. Uh, <laughs> you do that at your shop? Yes, sir. hmm. Is that very expensive?
1: It's about a two and a half hour job, I guess. So we're at eighty-eight dollars an hour. You can do the math on that.
0: Okay, and the sending unit uh, is is about how much?
1: Some is- of those you can buy separately. You don't have to buy a whole fuel pump. Some you got to buy a fuel pump. Oh. I'd have to price it. I don't know. Call Chevrolet dealer could tell you.
2: Yeah, do yourself a favor. Go get. An AC Delco. Yeah, don't buy an aftermarket one because no they, they stuff. won't last long well, as John Staten Army.
0: I, I don't believe in buying aftermarket yeah stuff, something that, like that. Yeah, good man. I use good high market. one big company. Yeah, well, you
1: ought to be okay with that. It's just, like I said, they've had trouble with that, man. They know, no use denying it. That's one of the number one repairs we do we and do they, it over and
2: over again. And they use that same assembly. Oh, yeah. I like bet They started in 1990 when they changed body style. Oh, I be, bet in 2013
0: it still got it in there. Yeah, And, you know, it, it's ridiculous that it, it happens. It, it shouldn't happen. that's right. But all right. thank you, for okay, your man. All right, thanks,
2: thanks
1: man. Bye, bye. All right, four nine 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 five two six. Number of you want to be part of the automotive? I would love to have you. I was reading this morning, and I'm doing an article on anti-lock brakes uh-huh. uh, coming up, and so I'm researching some of the sensors. And I happened to come across some documents from GM, and I probably shouldn't have been seeing this. <laughs> probably should <have laughs> say they probably said two guys with dark glasses over the house. But yeah. This vendor is pitching these sensors to them. Okay. And they don't talk about how good this sensor is, or the quality of the sensor. What it says, is you can leave one bolt out, and you're not going to have to route that harness so you can save this much time on the assembly line. Okay. So this is going to eliminate one or two auto workers from a job, uh-huh. and it's going to quadruple the price of repairing this car.
2: Sure, but that's not what they're looking that, that at. I don't they don't care. They don't about care that. about that. <laughs> they're, they're pitching price. That's right. If we
1: can eliminate a couple of auto workers because we don't have to put this bolt in anymore, we don't have to run this wire anymore, don't matter what it costs to fix it. That's right. That's not our w- problem. That's it. Once it's out of
2: warranty, <laughs> they don't care. That's it.
1: Let's go back to the phone line with Sabian. Good morning, Sabian.
4: Hey, good morning, Mr. Alderson. Well, I just wanted to say I love you, your show. You know, you guys got a great show going on. Thanks, sir. Thank uh, you. I'm calling from uh, Patterson, New Jersey, I Oh, think. wow.
1: Wow. I'd say it's pretty much a lock. you going to win a shirt today. <laughs> <laughs>
4: <laughs> uh, hopefully. Uh, <laughs> hopefully. Uh, I got 95 Civic. Okay. And uh, it's an automatic. And every, every time I, the RPMs go past 3,000 RPMs, uh-huh. the needle starts fluctuating up and down. Okay. And that's, uh, I just started noticing this last week, and... Another thing is when I uh, press the the brake pedals mm-hmm. on the car and, and trying to you know get the car to a halt, mm-hmm. basically like you know as soon as I'm about to stop or fully, the car kind of like stops quite immediately, like it gives you like a, it gives me like a big it just stops like very hard,
1: like a jerk on me as it comes. Yeah, to like stop. a jerk. There yeah, probably two separate problems. I would say with that tack, the tack on a Honda comes directly from the distributor, from the ignition distributor. It's powered through fuse number 13 in the fuse box, but it's got to have power. It wouldn't be working at all. But it runs from there over to the tack, from the tack back to the control head. Most of the time, that's going to be a problem inside the distributor. Pull the cap off, look inside, and see if you see any oil inside that cap. Okay. Because they kind of have a problem with that seal on the shaft going bad in time and oil comes up from inside the motor and starts getting inside the distributor. And when it does, it can mess with that sensor that makes the tack work. Now, if you see any oil in there, go ahead and do yourself a favor and either replace the distributor or replace the seal because it's going to end up start dying on you and not starting and all that at some point. Because once it all gets in there to a degree, it's going going to make it start dying and which is going to drive you crazy trying to figure it out. Some of those, you can buy the little seal itself, not from Honda, But if you go on the internet and just Google, like, distributor shaft seal, if you're pretty handy, you can get just a seal and change it yourself fairly easy. If you can't find one for that car, you may have to buy a whole distributor, and they're not obscenely expensive. They're a couple hundred bucks from Honda, and really, the rest of it's probably pretty well worn anyway. Don't
2: they come with a rotor and a cap also when you buy the distributor?
1: Some Some do, do, some don't. Yeah, some of them come bare. Some of them come with the cap and rotor. but. Check it both ways and just see. Now, on that jerk as you come to a stop, right. what I would try to do there just to isolate it is get out on a long, lonely road with no traffic. Get it up to normal driving speed. Then reach down and grab the parking brake and stop it with the parking brake and okay. instead of the foot brake. And see if you still got the same problem. Because okay. if you still got the same problem, then we know the problem's in the rear. If you don't uh-huh. have the same problem, then the problem's in the front. Okay, because you you, you can eliminate half your choices like that. If the problem is in the rear, pull the wheels off, check the wheel cylinder's good, make sure you don't have a leaking wheel cylinder that's gotten some fluid on the shoes, because that'll do that. Now, Um, if that's not it and it's in the front, what I would suspect is probably one of the ABS sensors is either dirty or it's got some metal on it or something like that from brake rotor wear. That metal will get on that little magnet and that sensor, and when you get to low speed, the signal will drop out. So it'll actually go to anti-lock, and it'll kind of pop up, and it'll grab and jerk like that. Oh, okay. So that that'll be my oh. guesses on, it anyway.
4: Okay, great. So in, in this case, just check either with the parking brake. You mean like it just goes? Yeah, yeah. Just get up just to about 20 brake miles
1: brake. an hour and just stop it with the parking brake. Just pull the brake up until it stops and exactly. then see if it still does it
4: i, I just thought they would probably relate it because i had both problems happen at the same time so
1: the other thing is it could be if the motor's trying to die because of that distributor it could also give you a jerk as it comes to a stop the rpms drop way down and then the idle control motor catches them and picks them back up so okay. why don't you go after that problem first and see if the other one goes away then you're home free
4: okay yeah that sounds smart. Yeah, they and yeah the, the only problem with my car is it doesn't have i think 95 it just still didn't come up didn't come out with that switch or plug-in that you could check the codes yeah well you can check codes. codes it
1: just doesn't give you as much information it's obd1 oh. instead of obd2
2: oh, okay, a honda gotcha. actually has a different connector yeah before the obd2 it's actually a round connector underneath the hood yeah
1: oh okay. all right man hang on and give the guy all your information we're up against the break get right back with my automotive hour Travel my
5: way, take the highway, that's...
6: Okay, look. You've been at the Red Box for 10 minutes and you've got about 30 movies.
5: Yeah, you roll in here with that car with the brakes screeching and the bald tires and then you ask to cut in line because you're in a hurry. Look, it is 2012 and according to the Mayan calendar the world ends on December 21st. So, I'm trying to watch all the movies I can before then. So no car repairs either, right? Who's got time for that? Unless you believe the world will end this year, car maintenance and repair is not something to put off. Come to Agco Automotive and let us let us show you how we can keep your car in tip-top shape and operating at the lowest overall cost. So, no car maintenance, all movies till December 21st? Yep. I'm stocking up on all the classics, too. Gone with the Wind, Citizen Kane, Alvin and the Chipmunks, the Squeak Wool. <laughs> I, I knew he was crazy. Yep. Want to learn more about why Agco is the place to go? Visit agcoauto.com. That's A G-C-O-A-U-T-O.com. Hey, welcome back. to you just
1: join us, the Automotive Hour, I'm your host, Lewis Alvazan, with Mr. Brian Terry. Between two us try to answer any automotive questions you might have, why don't you go give us a call. It's 499-9526. And, of course, area code 225, just in case you happen to be outside of our calling area. And we're going to go back to our phone lines with Larry. Larry's been patiently holding. Good morning.
6: Good morning. How are you? Doing great, sir. Good morning. Thank you all for all you do. Well, thank you, sir. I have an 05 Lincoln LS. Okay. With a six-cylinder engine. Yes, sir. The air blows real, real cold above 2,000 RPM, yes, but sir. then starts warming up below that.
1: Okay. Larry, the most common thing—now, that's sitting still, it'll do that? Yes, sir. Okay. The most common thing on that is going to be a weak compressor. Okay. The compressors, as they get weak, yes you know, gets in them and all that sort of thing— they lose efficiency, so they can no longer suck the low side down far enough or raise the high side high enough. And okay. w- without the pressure differential, it's not going to produce the coal that you need. When you elevate the RPM, you just turn the compressor faster so you okay. get more efficiency out of it. Very easy to isolate. You can put a set of gauges on it, and the ideal pressures at on the low side should be around 30 PSI somewhere, you know, 31 to 29. The high side should actually be two times the ambient temperature plus 40 degrees. Okay. Now what that means, let's say it's 80 degrees outside. Well, two times 80 is 160 plus 40. It should be around 200 pounds.
3: Okay.
1: Now, if you get it and the high side is down around 160 and the low sides up around 50 or 60, yeah, compressor's just not doing its job. Okay. And you're gonna need to go a step further because what happens, Larry, compressors don't ever just wear out, something causes it. Most of the time, you either have a leak in the system and somebody's been charging it and they probably overcharged it at some point in time or it's leaked all out and made the compressor go bad. Just be sure you get the original fault fixed. If not, you'll be putting another compressor on it in short order. Okay. All right. All
0: right. Thank you so okay, much. Okay, man.
1: Thank you. Bye-bye. All right. all right. 499-9526 the number. If you want to be part of the automotive hour? we'd love to have you. And we've got Howard online. Good morning, Howard.
0: Good morning. Enjoy your show. Thank you. It's a kind of a no-brainer question, but a new Toyota Camry versus used car. And I've never owned uh, either one, but you know, I've owned American cars. How is the Honda, I'm sorry, the Camry stacking up this year? Is it still a quality car?
1: Well, Howard, number one, a Toyota Camry is the most American car there is because it's built in yeah, see, Georgetown, uh, Kentucky, and Kentucky. it's got 70% U.S. content. Mm-hmm. Nothing that the big three makes has that much U.S. content. Mm -hmm. So it is an American car. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's probably not as good a quality, in my opinion, as it was at one time. They used to just be legendary. They got the same problems that everybody else has where they're using a lot of imported content. They're using way too much technology trying to sell cars. That being said, it is probably the best game in town. Mm -hmm. It's got some issues, like every car made. It's got a lot less issues than most Far, far less than any of the domestic products. Mm -hmm. And I would say, I get the question about Honda and Toyota because they're undisputed, number one and number two. I would have to give a slight edge to Toyota just because they have a better parts distribution network than Honda does and a Mm -hmm. few less problems. All of the new cars use just an amazing amount of technology, and that's what people like to buy. It's just that when you start replacing this stuff, Howard, get ready because it's got stuff like the little push button you push to start the car well you don't have a choice that's in there well that's well, this this one lewis has a key well that's good that'd be even better if you can get a more stripped down model so much the better but it's going to have traction control it's got active abs it's got all this gadgets and gizmos you don't even know is on there until it starts to break and then when it starts to break look out most of them require synthetic oil so you up the ninety hundred dollar oil changes most of them are going to have big tires, 17, 18, 19-inch tires, so you're into $1,200 for a set of tires.
2: You're also talking new car, so you're going to have more higher, higher insurance, insurance costs.
1: Me personally, Howard, I would find a three-year-old car with 50,000, 60,000 miles on it and buy that. Mm-hmm. That'd be me.
0: But well, let me ask you this: What would you think of a Nissan Altima with, say, seventy thousand?
1: Wouldn't be my first choice.
0: No. Okay, and it's because it's uh, it has about seventy thousand. Yeah. yeah, I wouldn't
1: be my first choice. I'd look for a used Toyota or a used Honda.
0: Okay. Well, listen. Uh, All right. Thank you very much, and you have a good day. Thanks, thank calling, man. Bye bye. All
1: right, we're gonna take one more little quick break, and be right back with more on the Automotive Hour.
5: Clint, what's with the huge crate? My 120-inch Platinum 3D TV. Splurging, huh? Putting it all on the credit card. And since the Mayan calendar predicts the world ending December 21st, I'll never have to pay it back. That would explain the giraffe and elephant in your backyard. Have you thought about fixing your car, buddy? your old one is in pretty bad shape leaking oil, screeching brakes my car can make it to December plus I need money to complete my set of life-size Star Wars action figures Yoda is an expensive one he is unless you believe the world will end this year car maintenance and repair is not something to put off come to Agco Automotive and let us show you how we can keep your car in tip-top shape and operating at the lowest overall cost you know, if your car won't run, you can always ride your elephant. Great idea. Let me Google elephant license. Uh, okay, you know I was joking, right? Want to learn more about why Agco is the place to go? Visit agcoauto.com. That's A-G-C-O-A-U-T-O dot com.
6: lot behind
4: it, but I can't keep
5: uh, Hey, welcome back. If you just join us, the Automotive Hour.
1: I'm your host, Louis Altazan with Mr. Brian Terry. Got all our lines wide open, so if you have a question, you just go ahead and get it in right now. It'll be a perfect time. Got plenty of show left where we can discuss it with you.
2: Get you a good answer.
1: That's right. Instead of a rush, a rush job. Answer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> give you the bum's rush there. It's like we have to do towards the end of the show. Just in case something does occur to you after the show goes off the air, just in case you don't care to get on the air.
2: That's right. Go to our website mm-hmm. get your questions answered that way. The address is www.agcoauto.com. That's A G C O A U T O. Easy way to remember that is take the acronym Altazan's Garage Company. Mm hmm. There's a contact bar on every page. You can send Lewis an email any time of the day or night using the form from the site. That's right. You'll get you an answer back within 24 hours, sometimes sooner.
1: Well, a lot of times I'm sitting at the computer when it comes in, so I'll go ahead and just, I got a little chime that goes off when I get email, so I'll go ahead and send it in right in and there. Also, during the day, I generally try to check my email several times a day because mm-hmm. we request that you don't call the shop just for information because, I'm a real nice guy and all, but I'm just really, really, really busy with the customers that are there paying for work who are paying my salary. Correct. It takes 100% of my time to tend to them. So it's not that I don't want to talk to you. It's just that I can't stop and ask you questions when you call in. I'm running like a... One arm paper hanger.
2: <laughs> right, yeah, that's why we have the website, and yeah. we also do the radio show. That's
1: exactly right. That way you can get your information. But yeah, just go ahead and send me an email. Most of the time you could get an answer back within a couple of hours. And worst case, absolute horrible case, if I'm on vacation, something's gonna be 24 hours, correct, or less. So that'll best way and only way to get an answer to a particular question like that. While you're on there, take time to kind of look around just a little bit. Tons and tons of good, informative information on there put the second part of the article on low brake pedals on this morning Uh and this gets into how to actually tell what is wrong the first part went into kind of diagnosing the problem the second one is what is wrong and how to correct it when you have a low brake pedal and that's one of the questions we get a lot i get awful lot of folks writing in said either they just did a brake job and now the pedal's too low or the pedal just sunk down on them they don't know what's wrong But if you read these two articles, you're going to find out probably more about brake pedal height than you ever want to know. Yeah. Tons of information about how air gets in the system, some surprising ways you may not have ever considered, especially when you bleed the brakes and you keep getting air.
2: Right. What causes that? (laughs) (laughs) Several cars have an inherent problem with that.
1: That's right. And so... Read that article. You're going to find out just probably everything you ever want to know about it. And while you're on there, go ahead and register on the site. Now, where you can use our reminder feature. You can send yourself a reminder, custom reminder. Let's say you want to get the car in every three months for an oil change. You can't remember to do that. Well, go in and set up a reminder to yourself and just put the kind of car that you've got. Put remind me to
2: change all. Change
1: all. Everyone set it for three months. Every three months, you'll either get a text message or an email, depending on what you select. Right. And absolutely no cost to do that, but you do have to be registered. So go on there and register, and that is one more feature that will be available to you, along with a bunch of others. Correct. Tons and tons of stuff on that site, some fun games. You can actually win a free Agco T-shirt by taking the Agco Auto Quick Quiz. Several other fun things on there. Pop on there, see what you think. It's www.agcoauto.com. I think you'll really like it. And we're gonna take some of these phone calls. We got Kelly online. Good morning, Kelly.
6: Good morning, Lewis. Yes, sir. Enjoy your show. I have a problem with two thousand and eight Dodge Ram twenty five hundred. Okay. Doesn't happen all the time. Seems like it happens more either in the morning or later in the day when it's hotter. And what it is when I'm at a low speed turning or almost stopped and you know just taking off turning. When I'm turning left, I get a shutter. Like something almost like the transmission flipping just a little bit, but, but I've narrowed it down. Whenever I'm actually not even giving it gas, and I I'll think. turn left from time to time, it'll do it. Let like,
1: me ask you this, Kelly: If you're sitting still, not rolling, and you turn the wheel to the left, can you make it do it? Yeah. Okay. Well, you can it's, eliminate transmission, right. and rear, and all that stuff. It's, none of that is turning at that point. That's gonna be something most likely in the power steering. I would suspect you may have one of the lines that's actually touching the body and grounding somewhere. That's one possibility. Those lines have about 1200 pounds of pressure in them. Have you ever noticed when you turn, they tighten up and move and get real hard. If that line touches the body, you'll definitely get a distinct vibration. That's one possibility. Now, another is it could be drawing some air into the system I know the caravans had a similar problem, and they redesigned the reservoir to fix it. Now, I don't know about the Dodge truck. I hadn't heard that on that particular model yet, but go ahead and take the cap off of the power steering pump. First, take a look at fluid level and see how high it is. Then crank it up and see how far it goes down. If it drops way down when you crank it up, and then when you turn it off, it comes all the way back up, you probably got some air in the system.
2: Now, depending on the size of the reservoir, you're going to get a distinct drop.
1: Yeah, you're going to drop some because it's pressurizing the hose. Right. But if it goes from the very top almost to the bottom, you've probably got some air trapped in that system, which is compressing. And then...
2: Air will give you a shutter like that. It'll give you
1: that shutter. The fix to that would be to go in and bleed it out and see if that cures it. That will at least cure it temporarily if it comes back... The most common issue is the front seal on the power steering pump is drawing air in. It can actually it seals air out and it seals pressure in, but it's on the suction side of the pump, so it can draw air in and not ever leak any fluid out. Okay. So All people right. see, how it was, so it's not leaking. Well, it's not going to leak, but it's drawing air in. If it continues to happen after you bleed the air out, bleeding it out does fix it. Then I would suspect the power steering pump. Okay. All right. All right.
2: Thank you very okay, much. Okay, Kelly.
1: All Thanks, right. man. Bye bye. Four nine 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 five two six. The number. If you want to be part of the automotive hour, we're going back to the phone lines with Chuck. Good morning, Chuck. Mr. Lewis. Yes, sir.
2: Hey, I have
0: a two thousand and seven F one hundred and fifty. Uh huh. And the other day, I went over a rough train track. Okay. And my tire light popped on. Which well, light is so that, Chuck? The, the little uh, tire light. Tire well, pressure pulled. monitor. Yes, sir. Yes, okay. Uh huh. So I pull over, get out, take a look at my tires. Uh huh. All four of them are up.
2: Okay. Get home.
0: I check my tires. All four of them running forty one pounds okay did i pop that little
2: monitor off or loose an 07 does that have a rubber valve stem in it yes oh, sir. it does yes, have a rubber okay so in, it's in got tire, yeah. it's got a banded sensor on it you may have knocked that sensor off that band they don't usually come off but it can yeah, especially exactly, especially like if somebody has changed the tire and maybe hit it didn't break it off broke just like shot side just broke of it, it off. And then
1: the bump just happened to break it off the rest of the way easy
2: way to tell is jack the wheel up and spin it by hand and if it's loose you'll hear it rolling around yeah, here's something of the tire. Tumbling
1: around side tire and um, important to fix that because that'll tear up the inside of your tire
2: right yeah, yeah. okay yeah I, I don't want that and that see even if it's, out
1: it's out not out. loose yeah, it's pretty easy to test those things chuck we've got a forward right. scan tool we can go in and read each one of the sensors without even breaking tires down and if one's not reading we know exactly which one it is so okay. we can go to it and it's
4: Save a lot that, of time. That, that was
0: going to be my next question. How I, mean, I just had to do it to all four tires. And four. You would, because you don't all know right. which one it is.
1: Without a Ford IDS, you can't tell which one it is. But with that, I can go and read the pressure reading from each one. The one that's not reading is the one you go after. But Ford on that model did not use the sensor that goes on the valve stem. It's a big lamp like in the middle of the wheel that actually holds the sensor to the wheel, kind of like the old Corvettes used to have.
0: Okay, so I, what I'm just by looking at it, what about I, I be able to
1: tell? You know.
2: You won't no, be able to see it. It's, it's, it's inside, inside the tire. The tire. It's, oh, okay. it's banded it. to the inside of the rim, inside the tire. Right. The smallest part of the rim is where the band is. Unless
1: it's physically broken where you can hear it rattling around. Right. But if it just went bad, let's say it had a crack in it and the battery popped out of place or the circuit board broke or something like that. Yes. Without a Ford IDS, you're just not going to. I mean, you break all four tires down, but even then, you can't tell which one's bad.
6: Right. Okay. All righty. Okay. I'm going to need to get it in and have you guys look at okay, it. Okay, Mr. Chuck. Yes, All right, thanks a lot. Thank yes, you, sir. sir. Bye-bye.
1: Bye-bye. All right, is the number. If you want to be part of the automotive I we'd love to have you. And we're going back to phone lines with
5: Noah. Good morning, Noah. Good morning, Lewis.
6: I, this is your old buddy, Noah, to Jesse Knapp, this morning. He okay. Tickled, tickled to death about his van. Oh, I go got ahead. a quick question about uh, 2011 6.2 liter. The big motor, yes, sir. Mm-hmm. And I know it's got the variable valve time. And it what, does. Uh, what provoked my question was talking to the person about that equinox about the screen and stuff. What, yes, what all on this particular motor? I'm, I'm going to change all. I've got, I think, six thousand miles, and I've already changed it. I changed it right after I got it. Yeah. I think I changed it twice already. Yeah, but good. Done. Change it every three thousand. I know you.
1: I would go every three thousand. What year is it, Noah?
6: Eleven. Yeah,
1: that's going to require Dexos oil, which is a synthetic blend. And it doesn't hurt to go to full synthetic. For instance, Mobil 1 will actually exceed Dexos.
6: Right. but That's what I was going to do. I wanted to use AMS oil.
1: Right. They've had a lot, a lot, a lot of trouble with that engine, in our experience, losing oil pressure and knocking. I've already changed two of them out, and you figured it hadn't been out that long. Apparently, they're having some bottom-end problems with that motor. I'm not real crazy about it. Okay. but i would be using a good good all now amzal is not going to meet dexos's spec i mean it'll meet their spec but it won't it won't have their logo on it so it's not approved they didn't cough up the money the gm to that shake down oh, the yeah, GM's right
2: so what but he's saying if you have trouble with if it if you have and trouble, find out gonna that been warranty warranty. That right
1: i got you, you got to have all that pays them the little kickback or they're going to void your warranty but nonetheless Amazon certainly good enough to use in there, in my opinion. Uh, correct. But if you use the Mobile One, it will meet Dexos. Mobile One coughed up the money to GM to put the little right. logo on the bottle. But right. just in case you have a problem, since you do have a 100,000-mile warranty on that engine, because you may very well in, ne- end up needing that warranty.
6: Yeah. Yeah, I know they have a lot of problems. Now, you say in the 6.2, is, is it more peculiar to bottom-end seems to be,
1: and it? it's basically okay. the same motor as the, in the, right. the 6.0 and right. the 4.8, but we're seeing it more on that engine for some reason. Yeah, Just a, a little, little bit more junk have, on it.
6: Yeah, they've had a lot, more, a lot of problems with that 5.3, with that, with the range and stuff. And I think it's to do with that displacement on demand that shutting those cylinders off. But who
1: knows, man? They they keep yeah. trying to stuff more and more technology on this right. thing because people buy it. And when it starts going south, somebody has to pay the price. And guess who it is?
6: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Any okay. other things I should that you've seen that stand out on that particular motor, or anything on that? Truck.
1: I mean, other than the normal late model vehicle yeah. stuff. Right. You know? okay. All righty.
6: All right, Lewis. Y'all have a good day. Enjoy the program. Keep up the good work. Well, thank you, sir. Thank you.
1: Bye bye. We gotta take one last little break. Todd and Gerald, hang on. You guys, will be straight up after this break.
5: Hey. Clint, what's that? Take a look. It's my bucket list of things to do before the world ends. Okay. According to the Mayan calendar, the world goes kaput on December 21st, 2012. I got slots to do, neighbor. Uh, bog snorkeling? Punch a whale? Compete in the World Toe Wrestling Championship? I see Meet Julia Roberts is scratched off. Yeah. Got her autograph, too. Really? Well, it's on the restraining order. Hey, shouldn't repair my car be on the list? What? Your, your brakes, they're constantly squealing. It shimmies and shakes and leaking oil. All over I the think b- I can make it to December. Unless you believe the world will end this year, car maintenance and repair is not something to put off. Come to Agco Automotive and let us show you how we can keep your car in tip-top shape and operating at the lowest overall cost. Hey, um, isn't this one here illegal? Not in Tijuana, my friend. Want to learn more about why Agco is the place to go? Visit agcoauto.com. That's A-G-C-O. A-U-T-O.com.
1: Hey, welcome back to the final segment of the Automotive Hour. I'm Lewis Aldazan, your host, president of AgCore Automotive. Got our lead tech, Mr. De Brian Terry, right here in the co-pilot seat. Hey, between two us, we'll try to answer any automotive questions you might have. Go ahead and give us calls 499-9526. Todd's been patiently holding. Good morning, Todd.
6: Hey, Lewis. Appreciate your show. Thanks, sir. I got a 93 Jeep Wrangler, and it was involved in an accident bent the front center link Okay. Between the two tie rods. I replace the center link mm -hmm. and the two tie rods. Mm -hmm. But now the steering wheel turns two and a half turns to the left, a quarter to the right. Mm -hmm.
1: Right. Yeah, I was going to say, if you bent that center link, you probably bent some more stuff. Todd, that's going to be one of two things. Mm -hmm. And I can tell you how to figure out which. Either the sector gear in the steering box is twisted, which is pretty common when you bent a center link. Okay. Or the frame rail twisted and it turned the gearbox at an angle. Either one of those will cut your steering from one side to the other or both or both. Mm -hmm. And you can physically get back and just eyeball that gearbox. And if it is the sector gear sitting 90 degrees straight up and down to the vehicle, then most likely your frame rail is going to be okay. Although you can't say for certain, you got to have gauges to measure it. If you you take and turn the wheel all the way to one extreme, go back to the other extreme and count the number of turns very carefully. Yeah. And let's say it's two and a quarter. All right. All right then one and an eighth would be midway. Go back one and an eighth, which will be straight ahead.
6: Right.
1: Now, at that point, the pitman arm should be pointing straight ahead, and it's parallel to the vehicle. Okay. And the steering wheel should be centered.
2: Okay.
1: If it's not, then the sector gear is probably twisted.
2: And a lot of okay. times that sector gear will actually twist in the splines as right. it comes out the bottom of the box. Right. can you take
1: the pitman arm off.
2: Sometimes you can move the seal up, and you can see it if you clean it. But like Lewis was saying, that's the best way to check it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, Uh, one other question. If you stand in front of the vehicle and you have the wheels straight ahead, is one of the tires hanging out of the fender more than the other? Is the left one hanging further out the fenders than the right one is?
6: They were until I replaced the center link and the tie rods. Right, okay. Uh,
1: Now they're pretty straight.
6: Yeah, I got it.
2: Equal distance. I'm
1: going to tell you the best way to check that, Gerald. Go get about a three-foot level. Right. Set it up against that tire. And then take a tape measure, and measure back to the body on each side, and see if it's the same. Okay. A yeah, lot of that's an easy way to check. A lot of
2: times that track bar will get bent, mm-hmm. and it'll cause the front end to move over, which will also turn your steering wheel right and throw the the turns off. Right.
6: Okay. I guess I could bring that to y'all as far as insurance purposes. They were just going to give it an alignment, and now I discovered something. You know, I discovered that I can't fix it myself. Right.
1: So. That needs to go to somebody who knows what to do. And Todd, you'll have front end problems for the rest of your life. Yeah, that's kind of y'all special. No, I can't fix. I'll guarantee you that. Okay. All righty?
6: All right, appreciate it. Thank okay, yes, Doc, thanks,
1: man. Right. Bye-bye. 499-9526 is the number if you want to report part of the fire. Or should I said you can't fix? That's it.
2: <laughs> that is my specialty. Yeah, I
1: ain't going out there. <laughs> hey, we got Gerald alive. Good morning, Gerald. Good
0: morning. Good morning. Um, quick question uh typically when when someone says your your car truck needs a tune up what all is that involved is it just spark plugs and wires or is there more to it depends on the car and you
1: got to be real careful gerald because people throw that word around an awful lot the only reason to do a tune-up is because it is time to do it based on the miles on the vehicle right what you got to remember is a tune-up is not going to fix anything so if you got Let's say it's idling rough or let's say your gas mileage is off or let's say it's idling too high or it's got a stumble when you drive or a miss. Don't ever walk in and say, I need a tune-up because you can walk out with the same exact problem.
2: Now, back in the day when there was carburetors and everything was simple, right. plugs, wires, that was a reasonable request. Right. But Today if you it's not.
1: Walking in there and say, I want a tune-up, he screw a set of plugs in there. He's going to, if they have wires, he may change the wires. Most cars don't have wires anymore. Most of them don't have a fuel filter anymore. He's going to do a couple of things. He's going to give your car back. And you can have the exact same problem because a tune up is not going to cause any of those issues. So okay. if you've got any particular issue you're trying to fix, what you need to do is go in and tell him specifically what the car is doing and ask him to fix that. Because most of the time, those things are going to have causes that you can't even imagine. Stuff no, you wouldn't no, just, even think or even relate it to the problem. Yeah.
0: I've just got a Tahoe that has, you know, I probably put 100,000 miles on okay. it since I got it, so I don't know when the Well, light-
1: it's time its time to change the plugs for sure because what happens, Gerald, as the plugs wear out, the performance of the vehicle will not change. It's going to still run just great. So you say, right. okay, why change them? Well, what happens, you've got eight calls on that truck. When the spark gap gets wider, the computer just gives more burn time to the calls. It increases the duty cycle on the call to jump that wider gap. The problem is those coils are only designed for about a 10% duty cycle. So when right. you start getting up to 20%, you've doubled the, what they can take. So you start melting coil packs on the engine at about $150 a piece instead of changing a set of spark plugs at $9 a piece. Right,
4: That's right. That's
1: the reason to change them.
4: Okay.
0: All right. And, and just changing the plugs and wires is good? Yes, sir. Now, as well.
1: be careful. What year model is it?
0: It's O2. Yeah, O2. Yeah, you can have filter. a fuel
1: filter on the rail. I would change that. Be careful. You want a ac delco iridium plug don't buy right. anything else i think right. it's a 41-110 is the number on it it's pre-gapped check the gap to make sure it's correct but if it's not correct bring it back and get another one because you can't okay. gap them they're iridium and they're very brittle if you start bending that electrode it'll break off and drop in your motor and take the motor out okay also on the plug wires there are two different plug wires that fit that engine a long one and a short one right and you're either going to need to go to the dealer and give them the VIN number off the car or get the number off the ignition call, which is either going to start with a 19 or a 12, and that tells you which one of the long ones or the short ones. I think it's a 748, GG48, right. H8. Or you could take one of the old wires with you to the parts store. But make sure you get the right wires because if you put too short a wire, it's not going to hold up. Put too long a wire, it'll catch on something and tear up. Now, I can
2: tell you from personal experience, if you're going to go after the plugs, get your set of wires. Yeah. Because you're going to break them them trying to get them off.
1: And if it don't fail right then, it's going to fail shortly thereafter.
2: And you've got to take them off anyway. Yeah.
1: Right. Thank you. Okay, man. You're welcome,
2: sir. Thank you. Bye bye.
1: Bye -bye. 499 9526 number. If you want to be part of the automotive, we still got a few minutes left. Got lines open. That's right. Open and waiting. (laughs) (laughs) I was doing a little bit of research this morning and coming up on Chevrolet's 100 year anniversary as Uh a company, which is a milestone in anybody's book. You can make it 100 years in any business. You've done something. And came across a little bit of information on the Chevrolet brothers. And a lot of people don't realize, but the name Chevrolet is obviously a French name. Uh But the Chevrolet bros were actually from Switzerland. Really? Not from France. (laughs) And there were three of them. Louis Chevrolet is the most famous because he had a little bit of notoriety as a race car driver. And, of course, he owned the Chevrolet Motor Company. But there was also one named Gaston and one named Arthur. Really? And when you start reading back about the history, they all had what i would consider fairly tragic lives Louis chevrolet started the chevrolet company and got involved with will durant who is the owner of gm and ended up falling out bought durant out he took that money and started general motors and then came back and bought chevrolet oh, Lord. <laughs> chevrolet took the money he got from that invested it in race cars which you know where that's going oh yeah <laughs> ended up Pretty much penniless, working on the assembly line in the Chevrolet factory. No kidding. Yeah, as a, as a line mechanic. Yeah, that's
2: pretty damn tragic.
1: That's falling on down, <laughs> ain't it?
2: <laughs>
1: His brother, Gaston, was killed in a wreck
2: uh-huh. on,
1: in racing cars. It might have even been at Indianapolis. I'm not sure. No, it wasn't in it was a, a subsequent race. He won in Indianapolis one year, but he was killed in a race. Okay. The third brother, Arthur, actually died in Slidell, Louisiana. Really? Yep. Go Figure, huh? Yeah, <laughs> he retired to Slide Louisiana, died in 1948. Hmm, so, okay. I may have to take a trip over to Slide L just to see if you guys can... yeah, see see if I can find out where that was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're all buried. I think I have to go back and reread the article. I think they're all three buried in Indianapolis, if I'm really? not mistaken, uh, somewhere around the speedway. There. Yeah, Lewis had a headstone, Gaston had a headstone, yeah, Arthur didn't have a headstone really until just recently. Yeah, I don't know. I guess that's business, huh? <laughs> but just kind of interesting when you read back some of these people who are just iconic American names. You would think they would have ended up filthy rich, but yeah.
2: Well, most of them did. Some a lot of, them, of them did. Some of them didn't. Some of them didn't. So where the dice roll, I guess. Well,
1: yeah, that's the where the cookie crumbles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess all kinds of things can happen to you. But just, they all died fairly young, too. They all died in the early '60s. Really? Yeah. Yeah, of course, I guess back Unless in...
2: Back in 48, that's Yeah, that was... Probably...
1: Uh, well, the averages were certainly down. We were killing a whole lot of them over there in Europe in uh, yeah. World War II. Yeah, no <laughs> which kicked them averages way, way, way down. So, hey, I tell you, we have just about squandered another perfectly good hour. That's it. And while we're winding up and getting on out of here, I want to remind everybody to go to iTunes and listen to us or whatever MP3 aggregator you happen to use. Yep. Our podcast is on there. You can go on, subscribe to it if you please. All you do is hit the button and say subscribe. And the more people that subscribe, the better our ratings are. And the better our ratings are, the higher they move us up in the charts.
2: We're easier to find.
1: Easier to find. More people listen.
2: That's it. That's what we're after.
1: Pretty much where we're trying to go with everything. (laughs) Also, if you don't mind, why don't you go and give us a rating while you're on there. Very, very easy. If you're not sure how, just go to the website, and there's a little article in there that tells you how to give us a rating on iTunes. Yeah. We appreciate your good words. And, of course, if you got any bad words, then... Yeah, don't go on there. <laughs> Just look up NPR and put it on air. There. there you go. Works for me. That's right. Hey, we want to tell everybody how much we appreciate them listening this morning and every Saturday morning on Automotive Hour. Preceding was opinion based on our experience in the automotive industry. Have a great weekend.